Welcome to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Good morning. How is everybody? Hopefully you guys are this is a huge weekend. Not only is it Easter weekend, we've got Passover, we've got Earth Day, we've got Pot Day is 420 today. Prince anniversary. Prince anniversary of the Ascension, if you will. Lots of stuff. He would like that. I know. That's what I figure, right? Uh yeah, we are we are kind of set up for and and we're going to crease 70 degrees today, which you guys. is a holiday what? What? in and of itself. Seriously. I think that that is possibly my, I mean, even this morning driving in, I was like, well, it's not really warm yet, but you can tell that it's going to be, it's going to be good. Um, so I live in a, a townhome group and I'm part of the um, landscape committee, which basically means I think we make recommendations on when plants need to be changed okay it does not necessarily mean i come over to your house and clean up your yard which apparently is the impression of one of my neighbors okay that 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 you're supposed to do that she's like uh when are you guys coming to like rake up all the leaves oh i'm like well uh you may have set the bar a little too high when you were cleaning up people's yes garbage you might have done that a disservice to yourself on that one so i i was like well uh we have a yard cleanup service and she's like oh because there's just so many leaves and and i was like okay and then not five minutes later she comes back over and i'm sitting in my kitchen with my stepdad and my mom who are like who are these people or my mom and my stepdad anyway the knock knock i open the door and she's like crying she's like um I just realized that there's a dead rabbit in my wheel well or my window well. Your window well. And um, as part of the like maintenance committee, is that like your job to? And I was like, well, no, but no. I can see that it's upsetting. I'll come over and get the rabbit. So my dad is just looking to me like, who is this woman? So I grabbed the plastic bag. You are setting a dangerous precedent. And I just went over there <laughs> and got rid of the dead rabbit because she was so upset by it. But oh, my I was goodness. Like, oh, this is townhome living. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little worried that you're going to start getting like plumbing calls and stuff like that. Probably. And like, um, there's like a snake in my yard yeah. or my house. And you're going to be exactly. like, well, I mean, OK. And to be fair, I think. I really actually think she's the only one in the group that would even like have the nerve. Okay. <laughs> but she's just kind of old and frail and maybe not all there. So all right. I did pick up the bunny. That that's, was my spring duty. That's a lovely thing. That's so good. Well, okay. Um, so are you celebrating uh, 420 day today? There's a lot of stuff happening. You know, I will see my daughter today, Is which could be 420 enough. <laughs> she will likely have mentioned it. She's always on top of all of the CBD and pot news. Yes, I know. Well, it's so twenty. Here's the thing: What happens if it gets legalized? Because every a lot of people are saying that Canada. There's a great article about how Canada has made pot boring because it's, <laughs> the legalization of it now. It's like they're not. It's not like crazy, and you know, it's not like this whole counterculture thing. Does that take some of the shine away from it? Well, all I know is I went to Vegas, and my dad is having some esophagus eating issues and mm-hmm. is losing a lot of weight. So I thought I'll go into the medical cannabis store. And try and get some gummies that I could bring home. Maybe he'll try those. I went into the store. It felt like going into a jail. There was like a stanchions and a window that you had to show your driver's license and a menu. And I just walked away. Oh, I couldn't do it. I was like, do I don't know anything about these things. This feels like it's not legal or something, even though they say it's legal. Yeah. And you have to like go into this weird back door. And so Kurt Weird. was like, let's just get out of here. This yeah. is too much. Wow. So we didn't get any. Wow. 
I think that's much different than Cal- or, uh, Colorado. It felt really different. Yeah. Like in Colorado, you go into like a store and it's like a coffee shop and yeah. there's all the strains. And yeah. I know nothing about any of this. So I was literally just going to see if I could get like something low dose to help my dad want to eat more. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Didn't nope. happen. Nope. Well, and it's a weird idea because of uh, if you think about the way that we see alcohol now, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't even think about how regulated and controlled, right. you know, you walk into any bar restaurant or you walk into any sh- liquor shop and just pick what you want to pick and then you walk out. And it's just strange. To, it's a naturally existing controlled substance. Okay, not to get political, but don't you think it's kind of weird that like on the one hand, we're all up in arms about the legalization of marijuana And on the other hand, we still have like no legitimate healthcare plan. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't equate those two at all. I kind of do because I see, I see people trying to find ways to care for themselves that make sense, that are more um, affordable, maybe holistic, maybe other opportunities, so that we're not having to like run and get on every single drug imaginable just because we can. And for people that don't have good insurance that can't afford. So I kind of just feel like, wow, we spend so much time regulating so many things. And yet the big things like still immigration, still health care, like the big, big things. We still have like really not great plans, <laughs> but yet we're all wound up about it's a lot of alcohol and pot. It's a lot of intricacies. It's a and lot I've, of complexities. Yeah. And I feel like I've changed my tune a little bit over the years like I'm my parents were drug counselors and Mm -hmm. I've had a ton of addiction in my family so I understand that whole side of it too and it doesn't make me comfortable I don't like it I'm not the actual pot are you saying the the smoking of it the smoking of it the culture of it the legalization of it it's just not really my thing Mm -hmm. and I think you know even alcohol is a mind-altering substance you have to be really careful with those and people can abuse them and there's a place for all of it to be social potentially it just makes me uncomfortable as mm-hmm. a human. It's kind of, I feel like I've passed that window of where it's going to work and have self-acceptance for me legitimately. But I see that it's like all over the world and globally and other states are having good results with it and people are finding solutions to their pain. And Yeah, I don't even see it. I guess I have not been seeing it as this as a as a medical sort of situation as much as I think you have. You see it as this sort of health issue, and I see it as it's a recreational thing that people want. And I think that they are, I think that they are, you know, cloaking it in health as much as they possibly can. They are actively saying, "Hey, this is, you know, this is also for medicinal purposes, so that it makes it more acceptable." Because it has had such a counterculture thing to it, and that's fine. But I mean, I think that that's all about, you know, yeah, to me marketing. that's a masking. Yeah, it's a masking. I can see that, and probably because. You know, I have had cancer and had chemo, and I'm very aware of all the people that used marijuana as a way to get through those symptoms. And I've had a really good experience with the CBD oil with my dog. Yes, you have. I have found one that works for her. And while I feel bad drugging her, her life has been infinitely much better. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I guess I totally see it as medical. Yeah, I'm not sure my kid does. I know. And I was going to say, and there's like none of the humans who I know who are dealing with it. Uh, aren't seeing it as medical at all. Oh. In fact, they are totally just blazing up for fun. Um, and so I, you know, it's funny. So today there's a lot of stuff. So today is 420, you know, which is sort of the, you know, un, uh, <laughs> official day of the cannabis celebration. There are some things, obviously, there's a lot of places that are doing fun, 
you know, sort of a lot of the breweries are, you know, releasing special beers that may have had, you know, hemp seeds or things yeah. like that. That's not pot beer, but, you know, sort of in that same world, they're releasing special things like that and doing free munchies and things. Um, but there's also just there's a great thing happening at Able Brewing, which is uh, a, an organization called Canamin, C-A-N-N-A dot M-N, and they are hosting a panel. And they're having like a sort of a town hall about that discussion, about legalization, about the effects on the community. And then they're also doing sort of a a market. So you, I don't know if you can make the town hall anymore. I think it might have sold out, but you can definitely go and talk to those people if you're interested to find out about the push towards it in Minnesota. There are restaurants already and, and places from out of state, you guys, that are already like they're, they, they've identified us as one of the next sort of, uh, markets that will likely go because of our liberal policies. And they are have approached and told me that they they're just waiting for the moment for it to go. Yeah, and they're coming in and they're going to open restaurants and bake shops and things like that. Yeah. So it is, and there is a big in food. There is a big correlation, you know, because of the ingestion. Because a lot of people don't smoke. You know, they don't. That's not the way that you they want to um, receive the right. the plant. And so uh, there's in fact there's a guy who's hosting an underground dinner kind of soon, and it's off the books and everything else. But it's about cooking with it and understanding it. So it is interesting that yeah. everyone is so sure we're going to. And I guess if we flip the house potentially, but that Republican. Well, the outstaters are not exactly. They were just like, uh, no, we're not even putting this on the docket. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, it came came and went in a flash. I know. And I think, you know, again, it's I think it was early in the uh, in the session to be pushing it. You know what I mean? I think there's still a lot of like, yeah, let's get the waters set and everything else. And so there it is to totally just change subjects for one second Uh about and like talk about Easter. Okay, I found something that I was reading about why we make eggs at Easter. Yeah, that's so like interesting and religious and fascinating all at the same time. And I was thinking about it in the context of I've been thinking a lot about religion this week simply because of the burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral. You know what? Can we hold this yeah. and talk about this when we come back? Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll we'll come back because we're going to talk a lot about Easter today. We're going to talk about, you know, ideas and brunch and all great stuff. But we can lead with that. Yeah. We'll, we'll be right back. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this uh, beautiful weekend and the holiday weekend, really. Let's just yeah. call it a holiday weekend. It is a holiday. It's Be- either your Christian holidays, your Passover holidays, you're just wanting to have spring, a nice weekend and eat some egg holidays. You're getting your coven together, however you need it. That's right. You're doing it. You're the full moon. Oh, I, maybe moon. that's it. I was yeah. just saying that that is the... But of course, that's always Easter. So if you're but, like Wiccan, you are following this That season. was a huge, awesome moon really last was night. Pretty. That was gorgeous. Okay, so talk about your eggs that you have. Okay, so I don't, I don't even know why I started down the road of trying to figure out, well, why do we eat eggs for Easter? But I've been feeling very spiritually in, in, um, intrigued this week, watching the Notre Dame Cathedral burn in Paris, which... If you have not been there, I'm sorry you will need to wait because it is a very spectacularly beautiful representation of the Christianity throughout the ages. It's a 12th century Gothic cathedral with amazing architecture and and the just the art in it and the history in it and it's the gargoyles and the yeah. I thought it was beautiful. Its, and on its kind of own island mm-hmm. um, on the Seine in Paris, the way that it sort of was, um, it over, it like took care of the city almost like, I don't know, it was the center of their Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. 
and a lot of people around the world. Anyway, so when it was burning, it was really jarring, like very upsetting just to see all of that history and that culture. And I really, when it started burning and I saw the spire go down, I thought, this is it. Like, this place is done. Yeah. So that they were able to save as much of it as they could was pretty awesome. But so I started looking up um, Easter eggs and why we eat eggs for Easter. Mm hmm. Here's the symbolism that uh, they say, and do you you tell me if this is the same as what you think? I know. I mean, I think she knows, and she probably does. Well, I've written articles about this before, okay. so I'm interested to see what you've found. Uh, the reason we eat eggs is supposedly the symbolism linking the cracking open of the Easter egg with the empty tomb of Jesus. <laughs> that the egg is seen by followers of Christianity as a symbol of resurrection. So while being dormant, it contains a new life sealed with inside it. Um, and I was like, wow, weird. Well, I mean, that- the egg is a symbol of life. I mean, it's always been a symbol of life. I don't know about the cracking part of it. That doesn't seem that's a little bit simplistic, if you will. Well, and it's sort of and a lot of the Christian traditions do this. They take like the older um, and then they spin it to kind of meet their faith needs, which oh, most religions do. Every religion does that. Yeah. So your thought is the egg is an ancient symbol of new life associated with pagan festivals celebrating spring. No, that's and- not my thought. But <laughs> but so, OK, but I mean, I mean, the egg is like a symbol that has been around for I mean, you know, and I mean, like that's definitely a piece of this. But it's like you don't find ancient art with like you know someone holding an egg and talk you know what i mean like it's not like that in the halls of notre dame there's you know the egg as is the symbol of new life or anything right 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 but so so what do you think the egg is or what is your research so way back you know so it all actually ties into lent right and even back to shrove tuesday which is the reason that we have shrove tuesday which is the tuesday which is also fat tuesday which is the big celebration and we call it pancake Throw, you know, pants the pancake day is because that's the last day that you're supposed to be able to eat eggs yep. and have pancakes and have rich desserts. So then you're supposed to go through Lent, you know, sort of austere and keeping yourself in a, uh, you know, a very simple place while we work towards Holy Week, right? So you're not supposed to eat eggs all through Lent in the ancient, in the old Christian okay. ways. And so because you didn't have them all through Lent, you basically, the ones that were laid during Holy Week, became very special because you were working towards that Easter. Makes sense. Yeah. And so what did they do when the hens laid the eggs during Holy Week? They decorated them. They made them beautiful and they gave them to children as gifts to make them to celebrate the fact that it was very special Holy Week and that they were coming as uh, and that you were going to start to get to eat eggs again. So that's kind of that's the whole like actual egg. But it is symbolic. I mean, yeah. I, I do definitely believe in the symbolism of the fact that the egg is uh, like symbol of life. So are bunnies. Which is why the Easter Bunny is a is not Christian, obviously, but necessarily it is a symbol of life because obviously rabbits in the springtime so prodigious they end up with a lot of little bunnies everywhere. They end up in window wells. That yes, Stephanie dead in the window well. Get, the Easter Bunny. I just put together that I was talking about the I kind of didn't Easter connect bunny it on the rabbit the rabbit dying yeah. on the Easter Bunny show. Great. Yeah, but it is interesting because someone. The funny thing is, I was talking to uh, one of my friends, Adam Platt yesterday and he's Jewish and he goes to a Seder dinner and he said it's really funny to me we were talking about the differences and the comparisons with you know the Christianity Easter and the Jewish Passover it's very serious I mean Passover and the Seder dinner are very yeah sort of very serious things where we're all like hey give me that 
let me eat that chocolate cross. You know what I mean? Like, let me just have this bunny thing going on and how it's so colorful and crazy and it's so different. But he was saying that it's, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's interesting to see those dichotomies. But at the same time, you know, kind of I the do idea. love that about the Jewish religion. I feel like they do such a good job of embracing um, food as life as part of the religious experience. Well, the Seder dinner is a big piece of that. And there's symbolism between why you eat what you eat. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's you're supposed to take a bite of this and there's four questions and all these yeah. kind of things. And it's very, it's supposed to be this. And he said, you know, everyone has their varying degrees of it, but he's going to a Seder dinner on Saturday and he's, you know, so he was telling me about it, but I would, uh, and I said, I still haven't gone to a Seder dinner formally and sat down at one. So I'm in, looking for an invite next year from him. Um, <laughs> Do you know, so if we talk about, when we're going to talk a little bit about candy in the second hour too. Yeah. I thought this was interesting that the jelly bean became associated with Easter in the 1930s, but the actual like jelly bean itself does harken back to biblical times because they equate it to like the jelly of the Turkish delights. Have you ever had a Turkish delight? Yeah. It's like a, a jelly It's candy. kind of like a whipped thing. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, there you go on okay. the whole uh, egg scene. Well, I think it's you know, I and I think way back uh, there's. I mean, you can find a lot of things. The reason, and it's not just there's no one answer to this. That's the other thing is we talk about cultures and we talk about things that come together and you know it's the it's basically the rebirth is the rebirth of spring. You know, it's the world waking up too. So you could go back to the Persephone and the ancient Greeks. And she was the daughter of uh, Demeter who came up from Hades every spring and created. Right the agricultural bonuses that we have, you know, the bounty. So there's that. And then, you know, in the Eastern religions, the the eggs are dyed red because red is a, you know, a very symbolic and, and, and lucky kind of thing. And that's, that's why they are colored red. You can maybe say that's why they're colored, why we dye them. Do you as a German person, isn't the kinder egg, like didn't that chocolate egg with the surprise treats inside kind of develop there? Um, I mean, I'm sure it did. It was uh, the, like the actual, the, 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 the Kinder Egg, the, the brand? Well, no, that obviously was co-opted by... But it, when you travel in Europe around Easter time, oh. the chocolate eggs filled with goodies, yeah. treats and candies and toys yeah. is I, a they, real thing. They talk about those being actually part of the French tradition. Actually, the French, they say, uh, or the Swiss or the French were the ones who first did chocolate eggs. And maybe we can ask Nico about that, what he grew up in France and what his his traditions were as he's coming on. Um, but there's, you know, the German thing. I mean, there, there's like a lot of, yeah, definitely. It's different over in Europe, too, the way that they celebrate Easter. I mean, I have a friend whose son is in Barcelona studying and he's like, everything's closed for Holy Week. I mean, Holy Week is yeah, it's a very, very big. It's yep. totally different. Meanwhile, we're here looking for brunch places. <laughs> Shopping at the Walmart because it's yeah. the only thing open right. on Easter. I, you know, and you know, because we are an amalgam of cultures and everything else. I know a lot of people get they celebrate. They like to celebrate the the secular part of it, which is the Easter Bunny and maybe that you know chocolate eggs without having the religious significance. And I'm all there for that. I love the fact of just sort of celebrating spring and kind of the reawakening and all that kind of good stuff. So I don't mind, you know, if you go to church, if you don't go to church, all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're pretty open here. We're pretty open. <laughs> for to most things. We do. We sort of like to make our stuff up as we go. That's right. Um, a couple just quickly, I just want to let you guys know there are a few restaurants opening, you know, that have openings for if you're still looking for brunch, you know, if you're still thinking about it, 
Um, funny enough, Ocean Air has like, you know, brunch at 1230, 1245 open. Uh, Cafe had some late in the afternoon too. Did they really? Okay. Well, Fire Lake, uh, downtown in Minneapolis has a ton of times. Um, we have Mercury Dining Room and Rail, which is, you know, a blue plate place that we love. And it's over, it's actually by my office and it's kind of in a part of downtown. That's a lot of worker, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of offices. So it's very popular for uh, lunch and happy hour, but I think a lot of people forget about it on the weekends. So they have openings like all afternoon, which is great. They're doing a family style too. So like not a, not like at a buffet yep. where you go, but basically the platters get brought to your table. Plates of food come to your table. I kind of like that idea. I'm I'm not mad at that. Um, we have a couple others. I know that uh, Cafe 421 has a couple, like around 1 o'clock, 1.30. We love them in Dinkytown. And uh, <laughs> this is where I might end up, you guys. I might end up at Gasthof zur Gemütlichkeit, oh. which is my where I used to go with the kid and the Germans whenever they were around. So, Will they do something special for Easter? They do. They have, uh, you know, you, they have a buffet. And so, but it's like Wiener Schnitzel und Pierogi yeah, und uh, Sauerbraten und all the good stuff. So I am going to see Salt. You are going to go to see Salt. I am. I'm going to ride my bike. My family is in town tonight, so I'm cooking tonight. And tomorrow is the day of rest. So I'm going to get on my bike with my spouse. And assuming it's not raining, we're going to... Is it supposed to rain? I think so. Oh, bummer. All right. But you know. But yeah, and the other thing is, <clears throat> I mean, you can always just sort of... Grab a cup. You mean you don't have to make a huge Easter brunch of it, too. I'm also like, sometimes I want to do dinner more than Easter brunch. And I've done that before where we've done leg of lamb at the house and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like that idea. But I know that a lot of people want to have their day to spend and do fun stuff during the day. There are really yummy full quiches in the cheese shop at Cerdix. I know people don't think of it, but literally you can buy the whole quiche already done and you just pop it in the oven and heat it up. It's delicious. Wow. wow, And I know they have them because I just saw the chef there. Oh, Super good. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to actually come back and talk to the Lynn Hall kids because they have got some brunch stuff, and I want to talk about what it's like to suddenly do brunch. Okay, we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. We are being joined in studio by uh, a couple of, we got a bunny here, and I'm just saying, we're going to post the pictures later, but we are, we have, uh, we have the Lynn Hall crew. We have Nico and Kristen from the Lynn Hall here talking about Easter brunch. Pull that mic up to you, babe. Um, and about what you guys are doing and what is it? <laughs> Can you get that? There it is. All right. So welcome, Taborski, Kristen Taborski from the Lynn Hall. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Yeah, you guys are. And Nico Giroux, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. You're Jeff. doing so good. Stephanie got your name so on point. Did Nico I? I don't Giroux. know. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have been like, I like to call you Nico. <laughs> After 12 years, I expect that. I think you should at this point. I've, straight, yeah, well, I've known you a little while, but yeah, that's okay. Um, and usually I was, and I did say I would like to see your socks, your bunny socks. In, He's in full bunny dress, you guys. So I wish literally. Usually he's got some fantastic socks on. So okay, the Lynn Hall is doing you guys have decided to do Easter brunch for the first time. Yeah, we're opening um for brunch and a full buffet, which is the first time we've done that. How I mean like that's the idea of a buffet brunch versus like a table brunch. No, because the Lynn Hall has always been counter service. So you guys people walk up to the counter, they order and then they sit down and you bring them their food or they grab it. Um, so is a buffet, it's pretty much setting up a buffet. Was that harder or was that just the idea of that was going to be the best way to do it? Yeah, we thought it would be fun. You know, we do this something similar during our events, private dining, but we actually have several stations around the restaurant. So it's not just coming up to the counter for shaving dishes. We actually have what we're calling like pastry Island. 
oh. in the center of the building. And then the coffee bar is filled with uh, mimosas and Bloody Marys. And I like this. The salad station, sort of cold foods on it in the other in the Ambleside room. You have a pancake so. station, I hear. And a pancake station. That's fun. I know, right? What do you do at a pancake station? Yeah, well, we've got sourdough pancakes because we have sourdough for days at the Lynn Hall. Um, so marshmallow whipped cream and maple syrup. I'm down fruit. for that. Yum. Yeah. And like an Eggs Benny as well? Eggs, Eggs Benny station. Okay, yeah. that's decent. So will this be <laughs> something that you'll do every Sunday or just for the big holidays? Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, right now the plan is definitely the big one. So Easter, yeah. Mother's Day. Yeah, so <laughs> like Butcher one. and Boar is kind of doing that yeah. too with the big holidays. I think that makes sense. Yeah, if well, you uh, yeah. can do it well. There's a lot like Oceanair. We were just saying still has some reservations. They never open for. They're only open dinner only the rest of the time. But then Mother's Day and Easter they open for brunch as well. And I think it's interesting to think about kind of switching for those things. But the need is is incredible. Like Why the amount people of people love brunching. Brunch? Is it a trend or has it always been? I, I think it has something to do with uh, mostly the hangover of the night before, perhaps. <laughs> yes, <laughs> people don't want to have to cook. Yeah. So it's just easier to go and clear the dog hair with Bloody Marys and Mimosas. Yeah. yeah. And having somebody else cooking for you. I think that's true. And I think with a big, you know, I think there's like the family kind of thing too. And with Easter, it's like, let's just meet somewhere. So it doesn't have to be at someone's house a lot. And it just kind of makes it easier than when you have people folding in and things like that. But so, okay, you guys are, um, uh, so you just, I want to talk about the times because you have three seatings. So you're going to do it in waves. You have and you have two seatings left. Mm-hmm. So what are the times that are available, and how much are we people are paying for this? Um, so we actually have um, really one seating left. We had a ten thirty seating and a one one thirty or one o'clock seating. So and the ten thirty sold out. Yeah, the ten thirty sold, sold out. So what? So what time can people book to come? Mm-hmm. One o'clock at one o'clock. I think yeah. that's for me. That's my perfect time anyway. I'm yeah. not coming at the eight a.m. By the way, yeah. I like know, I don't early. understand that. <laughs> can you? I mean, the brunch at eight a.m. is like those people. Are they pre-church? Are they going? I don't understand that. I don't that. even know. You're Sunday, even... like you, but Sunday's the day of rest. We work six days a week. This so is true. The time Sunday rolls around, I want to have my cup of coffee, listen to my. Uh, bluegrass show on yeah. Sunday mornings. Yeah, right. With my cup of coffee and then amble out about 11, 11.30 tops. Right. That'd be the earliest. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, so Nico, let's talk about Easter wines. Let's like, talk about some of the stuff. What are you pairing? Are, like, are you suggesting things with your pancake stations? Or is it sort of like, <laughs> how's that going to go? Just what? a pink bubble situation, <laughs> right. which is what I started with last night and, and this morning. He brought us some mm-hmm. pink bubbles today. <laughs> Um, so, well, definitely, I think the the morning call for barbers, I think it's perfect to, to get the day started. So, like, a Crema d'Alsace Rosé like this one is just a nice Pinot Noir. It's got a nice fruit to it, and it's easy drinking in the morning. Um, Moscato Dasty is also a good one to have in the morning. Uh, there's a little less alcohol, so... But I'm a champagne goer. I just you're go, a champagne you know, guy. Yeah, that's how that's gonna go. For go. Champagne, it's is the best thing. But uh, but speaking of wine, you know, uh, last Friday we launched the wine. We are wine at the Hall now. Oh, and uh, full full bottles. Like we have about fifty, a little over fifty references, and and it's gone well. You know, Christine at first she's like, "Do you really think we can sell wine here?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> the first night we sold five bottles. Oh, great! So it was like, he was right. He's to, right. I was happy to prove it wrong. But uh, so, yeah, so that's fun. That's exciting. The staff is very excited, too, because, you know, they like to be challenged. And uh, and I think it's good to give them, like, new stuff to look forward. And, uh, you know, and they, they want that education and they want 
they just want to, you know, to get busier. And that's what the Lynn Hall has been. Can I ask you about that? Because when you guys opened, like Lynn Hall to me was a coffee shop with good pastries. And then they had other spaces that you could rent for like private meetings and to do photo shoots and that sort of thing. It seems as time has gone on, you guys have become more of a full service collective of people that that still happens there. But there's, you know, dinners happening and more full service food happening. Am I right in that? Not full because, service, though. You guys don't have servers, right? Well, I, I, I mean, full service in the context of that you can get more than just pastry and a sandwich. Yeah, oh. yeah, absolutely. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely turning more into like when uh, when people call the Lin Hall a cafe. I'm like, actually, no, it's we restaurant. We do serve cafe as well, coffee, but uh, we're not a coffee shop per se. Like. I mean, you you can maybe, you are certainly welcome to stop by at like 8 a.m., get a cup of coffee and keep going with your day. But what we want is you to sit down and have breakfast with us or lunch or in that matter, dinner, uh, because usually people drink wine at dinner and I like that. So, <laughs> um, but uh, but no, the really is, the Lino is a, is a, is a absolutely a restaurant that is a little more unconventional because of the counter service than your classic uh, restaurant. But uh, but, you know, we do have servers. They're just like, you know, assisting you in different ways. They're not directly taking order at the table, uh, but they can talk to you about the food or come on wine if needed. Um, it's so community driven, too, I think. Did you find that because of the nature of having all these people in the community that liked your place that they wanted more options and to be and come in and be your guest longer? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's a goal. Like for me, when I see a guy who shop at 1230, has a sandwich, a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, then stick to the afternoon, do some work and then stay, like go back to the counter to order like a snack for dinner or, and, and some that. wine or a cocktail. It's perfect. You know, um, the, the real estate is a little different, uh, the way we can turn the table. And we certainly have some people that sometime overstay using the Wi-Fi and not consuming. But, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, we're a big space. We want to, you know, be welcoming to everyone and. And uh, it comes with pros and cons, but uh, ideally, the more people drink wine, the happier I am. So <laughs> this is true. So as far as the bottle of wine, they can order that right at the counter at the same time when they're picking, you know, if they want to pick like a piece of quiche or something, they may want to order something. They can do that at the counter or do they have to go to the bar? They can do it at the counter. They can okay. do it at the bar as well. Uh, something that people sometimes forgot, like if you go and sit at the bar, the bartender will serve yes, you we'll there. Serve so you. That's in what that I regard, like. you'll get like full service mm-hmm. from the counter and the bar. I mean, from the at the bar. And um, but as far as the wine goes, yeah, you can, uh, you know, uh, you, if you have more questions, you obviously like try to to find me because I'm the only one in the restaurant that that's tasted all those bottles of wine. So, uh, but you know, we we again like. Um, uh, try to we educate the staff and and you know grow them with us and and so they they should be within a few more weeks really be up to speed and and help more with the wine list. But. So give us one dish that you have on the menu that's not Easter brunch, but that's your that you have like that someone can come in next week and then tell us which is your favorite wine to go with it. Can you do that? Well, I can do that. There's a lamb dish that Christine has done that is absolutely fantastic. So it's uh, the leg of lamb, right? And uh, is it the shoulder? It's shoulder. It's a shoulder, yeah, sorry. So the shoulder of the lamb uh, that she make like a roulade of, and then it's nicely sliced and seared. And it comes, it has a little Middle Eastern tag to it with tiny yogurt and uh, chickpea. And um, and it's very like, it's dusted with, cum- with cumin. So, but the cumin is very uh, subtle. And we it's call not- it cumin. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Yum. Cumin. Cumin. And um, and so it's very subtle and and uh, it's very beautiful flavor. And I found that amazing Pinot Noir from Alsace. And oh. Alsace usually like that's what we're having now. Yeah. So Pinot Noir is grown in Alsace primarily to make sparkling rosé. The Cremant d'Alsace rosé has to be made 100% with Pinot Noir. But certain growers decided to like really so they went to Burgundy and study how to really get you know, ripeness in the Pinot, what type of Pinot should be planted. And uh, as a result, we have this producer named Emil Bayer that has that absolutely divine Pinot Noir from Alsace. Uh, and it's it's a fantastic pairing for the dish. I love this. This is a great idea. Now, I just want to let everybody know that Kristen is the acting chef of the Lynn Hallway. I know there's been a couple chefs here and there and you opened with one and then you had Adam in there, but now you are running the kitchen and you are doing your kind of the food that you want to do. Is there a thing that you're excited about with spring coming, the kind of food that you can do at the Lynn Hall? Oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we switched the menu um, pretty quickly. And so now for myself returning to the kitchen, but also have been at the Lynn Hall since before we opened. Yeah. I feel like I, um, I know who's coming in Yeah, and I, um, and I love our customers so much. We have so many regulars. Yeah, you do. Um, so I just look so forward to um, bringing spring flavors to the yeah. menu. And yeah. really what we like is light and bright and colorful. Light and bright and, and colorful. And pretty. Yeah. I had my first morel. I've also had a ramp, um, or no, not a ramp, a fiddlehead fern. Are you seeing some of those early spring vegetables yet? You know, it's funny. I was just asked this last night, too, but I haven't seen anything yet. Well, granted, she's been in the kitchen for the last three weeks. (laughs) Right. uh, She's preparing for brunch. She doesn't have time to go in the woods yet. No, I know, right? She can't go out and forage for herself in the backyard. We will release her next week, though. Right, right. You have to send your kids out. That's how you do. (laughs) Yeah. Find me something to cook. That's right. Come on, kiddos. All right, you guys. Well, we have to go. Uh, Thank you so much for coming again. The Lynn, how much were tickets for your last seating that you have available? It's $45 for an adult, $15 for a children, five and above. Okay. Pancake Station, Eggs Benny Station. You can all still make this happen. Island. Pastry Island. Bottomless Mimosa. Bottomless Mimosas. And Bloody Marys. And a Frenchman in a bunny costume. I mean, (laughs) my God, you guys. How can you pass that up? All right. Thanks, you guys, for being here. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Guess what? This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, gang. So give us a call, 651-641-1071, if you have any questions about Easter, if you've got any uh, anything that we can help you with as far as trying to find a place to go for things, 651-641-1071. We do we have a couple questions. Yeah. yeah. We have a couple questions that came in. Um, let's talk about the fact that here... Oh, this is a good one. My daughter is turning 14 next week. She's a super picky eater, but she does love clam strips, like the greasy ones in the food building at the state fair. Is there any place locally to get them? My husband isn't big on seafood, but fried fish is okay. We live in Ingver Grove Heights near Egan, so preferably not someplace in the far west suburbs. But if it, there isn't a good option for clam strips, how about good fried shrimp or a reasonably priced lobster tail? She likes those also, but we don't want to break the bank. Um... I said that, of course, of course, of course, sea salt is yeah, going to be the best clam strips. I think yum. They were the first place that I ever had clam fries, you know, and they have clam fries there. But there's not a lot for the non uh, seafood. They have a dad. strawberry salad. Do they? Yeah. Is that it? I looked at the menu and I was like, they don't even have a hot dog. 
I think they don't have a hot dog because we used to go to to run across to the Dairy Queen across the yeah. street to get one for Ellie. Yeah. So we could eat the seafood. Yeah. I think that that's the only thing that I would say that they could kind of maybe cancel the Nova. Although, you know what? They don't need to do anything. No, they're fine. They're fine. Um, but the other thing I was saying was uh, Stella's Fish Cafe. Which Stella's has fried clams and fried oysters. And if you go early, it's not such a bro scene because it can get to be a bro scene, you know? Yeah. And they have plenty of non seafood dishes there and, you know, the chicken Alfredo, all that kind of fun stuff. So, all right. That was a good idea. 651 641 1071 if you want to give us a shout. Right. Uh, here's another question. Um, hoping that we can help. Uh, Nancy says that she has to host a small group. 15 to 20 women for a baby shower in June on a Saturday brunch or lunch in the Twin Cities. Uh, she's opened a location, although St. Paul is first choice. Liquor is not a factor, but a few of the older aunties may want a cocktail. God love them. Or a glass of wine. Uh, she would like to find a back room, private or semi-private space. Um, and fun menu options would be an added bonus. Um, she said she's gone the route of Lake Elmo Inn with this group. Very nice. Quite a drive. So St. Paul, back room, 15 to 20. I mean, what do you WA got? Frost. Do you Just think? shouting That's it? it out loud. Just yes. sh- shouting it out They loud. have a lot of lo- smaller spaces that they can accommodate. That's true. It's a nice ladies brunch. That's very true. It's nice for a shower. You know, I might it's also sweet. say the St. Paul Grill would be kind of Absolutely. fun. And you could do you could do like one of the teas, maybe. And that M Street Cafe that people forget about. It's not the grill up top. Yeah, I don't love that because it's a little too basement feeling for me. I like it. I feel like I like the ambiance of the grill. Mm-hmm. And that's why I go. That M Street doesn't do it for me. What about Pazzaluna? But Pazzaluna would do it. One hundred percent. Or my God, go to Meritage. Do they have a small? They don't have a small private. Is hard to. That's true. Wedge in that place. That's very true. Um, um but you know, possibly salty tart. Yeah, I wonder if you could do salty tart and they don't do like have a special there. But well, but. I wonder if you could do a private room off of that and do like, or do Octo Fish Bar. That might be too, too much. There are private rooms there. I wonder if they would serve a private room and schedule that out yeah. for you. Interesting. But, oh boy, I'm still recovering from that fantastic avocado toast sandwich. Oh yeah. I can't get past stuff. it. Um, okay. That's, those are all good ideas, but I do love what WA Frost for that. That's yeah. a really good idea. And, um, Hey, can you do a university club? You could book a brunch there. Couldn't oh, you, if you're 100%. not a member? Yeah. You, you could, could book do a, a small little room. You could also just, they have a, I had Easter there last year for my whole family. There were like 15 of us and we did the brunch, but you can order like quiche and they've got. The university club is, and to me, that's a gorgeous setting that like kind of makes it special. And if you've got older aunties who want a cocktail yeah. and like you could do, you wouldn't have to do like a huge brunch. You could do snacks and order that in like yep. that. That's a um, great idea. And if you're there and I'm there, wave and say hi. Me and Todd Walker both office <laughs> out of there. Him unofficially, <laughs> me officially. <laughs> uh, we did have a caller who called in and said, can you rec- recommend a good ham glaze? Can we talk about that in the next segment? Okay. Because I'm having ham crises. Okay. And we I need are gonna, help. So stay tuned for ham glaze, ham crises, caller. We will be, we'll be back with that. Ham crises resolution. Yes. Uh, okay. Here's another one. We have my sisters flying us to Florida to visit for six days. I don't know if you'll get this message before Friday. I don't know. Was it that last Friday? Uh, which is when we leave. But I was wondering if you had any ideas of something I could bring as a hostess gift. She really doesn't need anything. So I want something different and special. Thank you in advance. Okay. I recommended. On you this did reply this. I wanted to okay. make sure that she got it before she left. This is a really easy one to put in your bag. Hand towels. 
the Minnesota hand towels that they have at the Golden Fig. Absolutely. They also have them at Vintage Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an Etsy store online. Just the state of Minnesota, or they have Paul Bunyan. They have them at I Like You. And yep. a hand towel, get a couple. If you felt really special, you could wrap up like some soap or some honey or something in there. But it's light. It's in your bag. It's yep. something they will use. It's not something perishable or that you have to worry about breaking. Yep. Hand towels. Um, I also would say, that since I'm holding a little jar of it, is the Hell's Kitchen peanut butter. You can buy their special peanut butter right at Hell's Kitchen. A little pot of this is just a delicious, beautiful. Yes, it's rough cut. God, I love it. Peanuts, it's got a little bit honey. of honey in there, so it's kind of special. It's kind of sweet, and it's kind of one of those things you can't get anywhere but here, and so it makes it a little bit fun. Yeah, I like that. I would buy. Yeah, if I was going to host this, especially in Florida, I guess I would bring, if I could, like a local beverage. You know, I might bring, you know, some local gin or something like that. That would be kind of fun. As long as we're kind of talking about hostess gifts, yeah. let me remind you of a very easy one that someone just did for me that I still, it was life-changing. Yep. 